Hi, I'm Trevor Makula, and this is my fantasy funeral. Imagine you are dead, but you get to design your own funeral. What songs will be played? Who will deliver your eulogy? And where will your remains rest forevermore? This is the scenario presented to my guest today. I'm Ryan Briegel, and you're listening to my fantasy funeral. My guest today is a self-taught painter who grew up in Spring Hill, Tennessee, reportedly in a house with no television. Beginning to paint as early as age eight, he eventually developed a technique of applying thick layers of brightly colored paint to canvas and manipulating the layers with only a palette knife. Seems fairly basic, but the images that result are anything but. The words whimsical and playful are used to describe his paintings, and this is due as much to his unique imagination as to the subjects themselves. Dogs, rabbits, cows, lobsters, flamingos, hummingbirds, an assortment of flowers, and even pizza have all been featured on past works. His success in Nashville was immediate. He's been chosen as best visual artist by the Nashville scene and out and about Nashville a number of times, and he now has collectors all over the country. My guest is also big on giving back. From animal charities to LGBT causes, he enjoys using his success for good. And whether the subject is floral, animal, or otherwise, his paintings are signed in an eye-catching comic-like way, but with only his first name, Trevor. He is the artist Trevor McCullough. Hi, Trevor. Hey. Your paintings are so brightly colored, full of very positive images, and you've said you want your work to make people happy. From the outside, it would seem that you really focus on living life. So I wonder, is your own death something you ever really think about? Yes, a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it's something I think about every day. Do you think that would surprise people? Yeah, I think it would be surprising. I mean, I feel like I'm a very introverted person that's thoughtful but that doesn't really translate in my career and daily life I guess in interactions with people Trevor today we are going to kill you off and take a look at the funeral you would plan for yourself but you get to choose the five songs that will be played during your funeral you have requested a song you would like to have played as guests are arriving that we won't technically count as one of your five song choices, but it's a song that makes you laugh and you felt it would be a good start. What is that song? So that would be Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel. It makes me laugh because in the song, she's at this point where she's driving the car and loses control and her kids are, her kid is in the back seat and so, so she just throws her hands up and says, Jesus Take the Wheel. Like, at this pivotal moment, which she should probably be trying to do everything in her power to, like, get control of the car. It is a little bit absurd. So I think that's funny, and it would be, like, my last laugh for people that know me to to hear that coming in. It's a very nice way yeah. to start. Yeah. The first song that we will hear is closely related to one of your favorite cities, uh, Provincetown, Massachusetts which we will get into more a little later, but tell me why you chose this first song. Uh, So this song to me is just like that iconic um, feeling of being at the beach and closing your eyes or being on the lake and 
you're floating and it's like you're in the sun it's warm relaxing and um just beautiful Saltwater from their album Great Big Blue. Trevor, you were born, I believe, in Detroit. In Saginaw, Michigan. Yeah. Close by, Close perhaps. To and your family soon moved to Spring Hill, Tennessee, which is a little south of Nashville. How old were you when you moved to Tennessee? Um, we were eight. Well, I was eight. I say we because I have a twin. <laughs> so tell me about that. You do have a twin brother. Yes. Tell me about him and your family. I had a very strange childhood, I think. My parents are very religious. We lived in rural Tennessee, and we grew up without a television. So, like, it was just kind of me and my twin and my older brother, um, and we kind of had to do things and find, you know, find things to do in the neighborhood. Um, with the religious aspect of things, like, I always knew that I was gay and wasn't able to express that until a later age. So... The solution to that was to go on all these bizarre church mission trips. So by the time I was 17, 18, I'd traveled all over the world, which was pretty amazing because I got to see the way other people live and experience different cultures. Um, I thought I think the cool part of it was that um, I did get to see all that stuff, but I also still wasn't being able to be who I was, um, or am. It was just very interesting. I mean, to, you know, like to be 13 in in India, like during the summer building a church and it was, it was bizarre. (laughs) Tell me more about the lack of television, because I think even the strictest, I would say religious or Christian households, they, uh, television is around and that's, I think so just rare. It it is. Um, And that, but that was a family decision. Your parents did not want that influence. Right. Um, it's interesting because I still don't have a TV now, which I feel like helps me with being creative and actually get up and go do things instead of sitting there watching news and being mad or something. Um, but when you were a child, did that, affect you creatively in a different way do you think I mean you only know your experience but you were forced to I think have it, your own fun yeah I think it made me more creative and think outside the box um it also is interesting because we were so unaware of cultural things that were happening and um political things that were just like everybody knows about but to, it was so isolating to like not know things you know like i mean now i'm you know fascinated with like the aids crisis in the 80s where 
people were dying and it's like that was something that I like didn't know anything about because we just didn't see anything you know we were sheltered from that so how old were you when you realized that there was one major thing that you and your twin brother did not share which is of course your attraction to guys I've always known that I think since birth um it's something that I've just inherently known so my brother does as a manager for a construction company so it's just (laughs) the stereotypical straight world and then I'm this artist who's able to do like creative things and constantly meeting people and having fun (laughs) but you always had a closeness with him as twins absolutely yeah and we're still extremely close like we hang out several days a week and it's nice it's his we have a very close connection I feel like I always know what he's thinking about and he knows what I'm thinking about without having to say anything your second song choice is by two music icons of the south tell me about this song you've chosen so this song is just I find extremely beautiful um It's something that I think, like, as kids, your parents kind of always say this to you. Like, I love you to the moon and back. The duet with Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton just is gorgeous. I can't imagine a better mashup of artists to do that. I want you to know you can always depend on promises made and love without. Dolly Parton and Willie Nelson singing From Here to the Moon and Back from his album To All the Girls. Trevor, you've been painting since you were very young, but do you remember the moment when you came upon the technique that you now use today? Um, I've always kind of done that. It's been interesting to watch like the progression of it over the course of the years. And to be honest, just the last two years is when when I feel like everything I'm doing is great and I'm comfortable with it. And I don't think I'll have pieces from now that I look back and and I'm like, Oh, that was bad. (laughs) You know, or like, Oh, what was I thinking? What has changed? What has changed in what you're doing in the past? I've just learned. I mean, I'm a self-taught artist. So like I've every day is kind of a learning experience, but I've, I feel comfortable with what I'm doing and the tools that I'm using. So it, it's making good work and I've found a couple other um, processes that I've added into it that like just make it click do, do you ever start a painting with 
an idea in mind like I'm going to paint this oh yeah Con- constantly yeah okay. it is funny to see like the um the pieces that I just kind of jump into it and and you know like 30 minutes you've got this great painting that makes me laugh hysterically because it was an idea that just um comes out instead of opposed to the um pieces that I know exactly where I'm wanting to go with it and then it's not a surprise what's happening in your mind during those that 30 minutes when you didn't plan it is it almost like a high yeah for sure just like a whimsical like we <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to describe it but yeah it's a beautiful feeling the titles of your paintings often they are very witty yet they also sometimes seem as spontaneous as maybe some of the works how much thought do you put into the titles that's a good question <laughs> there's some stuff where i have to sit and think about it for a couple of days or a week or whatever and come back and i'll title it later but usually it's really fast like my brain just works that way (laughs) like you look at it and you say this is what it's called yeah and I love the whole play on words with titles it just to me that makes kind of makes the piece even that much more special where people look at it and then they'll see the title and start laughing because they're like that's hysterical an added bonus yeah it's like sprinkles very nice you seem to stay very very busy how many paintings do you think you create in a year? Could you even say? I usually try to do something every day. So just with the process of painting with the knife, it's very quick. Um, it's kind of a machine like where you you have to keep painting because it's just weird. Like you, like you have all these kind of fans that have um, that love it and want more. <laughs> it's, I don't want to disappoint anybody. A high demand <laughs> is, yeah. is a... A positive thing. It's great. Tell me about the third song that you've chosen. Okay, so this song is You Decorated My Life by Kenny Rogers, which my brother's mother-in-law wrote. It's just a gorgeous song, and it's special just because of that connection. Um, But, you know, he's talking about having a piece of paper and writing this song, which is about their life, and it's... To think, like, no matter what, even if the paper goes away, like, that you've made something that's forever. And I love that. I mean, that's what I aspire to do with my work. Like, that phrase of decorating somebody's life. Like, when I die, I hope hope that's what I've done. It's physically with my paintings and then also just as a person that people would be able to say, wow, you decorated my life. It was beautiful. All my life was a paper Once plain, pure, and white Till you moved with your pen Changing moods now and then Till the balance was right Then you added some music Every note was in place And anybody could see All the changes in me By the look on my face
Rogers and You Decorated My Life from his album called Kenny. Trevor, in 2013, you left Nashville behind. I think as we've mentioned, you moved for a while to Provincetown, Massachusetts. What exactly brought you there? <laughs> uh, a bad real estate investment. <laughs> my, my friends have vacationed there for years and years and always would come back and say, you've got to go there. It's the oldest art colony in the country. So it's got this rich history of um, just amazing artists that lived there and writers and poets. And it's just a stunningly beautiful place. Um, And then I got in a bad real estate thing and decided I I would wake up every day and just be so pissed off about this situation. So I just picked up and left (laughs) And went to P-Town, which was amazing. I met some of the the best people I've ever been around there. Um, and I love it. It's such a kooky little magical town. I, every time I go there, I was just up there two weeks ago. And it just like flying in, you're just beaming because it's so awesome. But then you came back to Nashville I after did. a few years. Yes. Yeah. What brought you back? My My Cape Cod bank account lifestyle was not it was a little bit more than i could swing <laughs> so it's a nice place to visit it's but expensive well, to, it's an amazing place to live uh, but it's very expensive i would say most nashville visual artists are known for their work and the artists themselves are not necessarily well known in a public way we don't always know what the artist looks like but you always seemed to have from the very beginning a good social presence was that something that was important to you to be out and be seen and and be social. It's not important to me, but I think it's just part of who I am. Like I I enjoy meeting people and learning about them, and I feel like I'm a very genuine person in that respect. Like I'm curious. So, yeah, I like to hear people's stories and that puts you out there. <laughs> Tell me about like, this fourth song you've chosen. This one's a little cliche I guess but <laughs> I don't know like it sounds like anybody would have that played at their funeral but um Seasons of Love from the musical Rant it's just an amazing song to me that that you only have this finite amount of time which they put in the into minutes but everybody measures it differently like you know like they're saying in cups of coffee or midnights or sunsets and and you saw a performance of Rent early in your life yes so the first time i saw it i was 18 and saw it in london and i'll always remember like the stage and being blown away by it that wasn't a mission trip was it no (laughs) but like i said you know before with like being so sheltered from you know like not knowing about certain things like you know to see that show where it deals with death and aids and friendships that don't always work out and it's just it kind of blew my mind and you enjoy the version probably many versions but you've chosen the version performed by the cast of glee yes of course <laughs> they do a hello fine job. <laughs> 500 
Seasons of Love from the musical Rent, performed by the cast of Glee. Trevor, earlier I mentioned your commitment to charitable organizations. Uh, You have donated proceeds from painting sales in the past to the Just Us program at the Oasis Center. Why was it important to you to give back to that organization? That program is such an important part of our city. First of all, I think it's just important as a a person in any place that you're at that you give back to your community and um, the Just Us program helps LGBTQ youth in all different respects through in, in Nashville and there's such a huge percentage of LGBTQ youth here that are homeless because they've been kicked out of their families um, which I'm I'm positive is the religious deep south um and i i find that heartbreaking i didn't have that situation but i definitely could see how things could have been a lot worse for me so it's just an important thing to me on that topic do you and your family talk about anything like that now are you do or do you force them to speak of these things (laughs) we do not speak of these things uh yes we we definitely had it out recently so uh, last summer i had a friend of mine pass away which this gets back to like you asking if you think about stuff um and i saw him the day before and it just makes you realize like none of that shit matters like you know my i'm not gonna change my family's mind i'm a great person i'm happy (laughs) yeah i just live my own life and stay in my own lane and and have fun (laughs) before we hear your final song choice have you thought about the person you would choose to deliver your eulogy so i would want my twin to do that it's hard to describe how um if you've if you've if you've never had a twin (laughs) Um, just i mean we spent nine months together before before meeting anybody else so like he knows me more than any other human being and he's very well worded and i think he would do me justice with delivering the eulogy is there anything in particular you would choose for him to read any quotes so i love this mark twain quote it's 20 years from now you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones that you did do 
So throw off the bowlines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, and discover. Do you try to live your life somewhat by that? (laughs) Somewhat. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been an interesting year. Like I, you know, I look back at, you know, I, I sometimes say like, gosh, I'm such a boring person. And then I look through my photos on my phone or something and I'm like, wait, I just did a two week road trip to Arizona and down to Mexico and did all the, these bucket list, awesome things and just kind of stopped anywhere I wanted to and met amazing people. And yeah, I'm, I'm definitely subscribing to the putting some wind in my sail and like, let's go. My sale might look a little more like Priscilla Queen of the Desert, but <laughs> nobody's going to be able to um, say that I didn't have fun and live a good life. That's very important. Yeah. Trevor, we've come to your fifth and final funeral song, which I think is maybe a flashback to fun times you had in P-Town. Absolutely. What is this song? <laughs> so this is Donna Summer, Last Dance. So in, in Provincetown, during the season, they have a tea dance every single day from three till seven and basically the whole town shuts down and goes to the to tea and dances your ass off and it's just a blast and then at the end of tea they play last dance so for me this was you know like would be at the end of my life the last dance and hopefully everybody's dancing their ass off and having a blast i love the the feeling just going out on that dance floor and not caring what anybody thinks and just making it work and this happens every single day in the yeah summer. why do we not all subscribe to exactly Donna Summer and Last Dance, her single from 1978, and Trevor McCullough's final fantasy song choice. Trevor, I believe you have opted for cremation, as far as what happens to your body, um, with something special to be done with your ashes, and we haven't spoken of your dog, so now it is time. Now I'll cry. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I I honestly don't really care what happens, because I'll be dead, but um, my sweet dog died last summer and we were together kind of constantly (laughs) for almost 12 years so it's just so it was such a sweet beautiful little dog what was his name mo 
Yeah, it was actually Monet, but in the South, people were like, who's that? (laughs) It was a a, a chance to educate. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in Provincetown, we would just got like walk down to the beach and he would just go ballistically crazy. I mean, it was so fun to watch him because he just would not stop swimming. So you'd have to be either prepared to go in the water or in your swimsuit (laughs) because he was not coming out. And people would be on the beach cheering for him and whatever. So I I took his ashes to throw over um, into the harbor, but couldn't do it. So um, You couldn't bring yourself to do it? No. So I think I would like to be just like cremated and mixed up with Moe's ashes and then have this huge giant party at the harbor lounge and everybody could be dancing and and throwing my ashes into the water (laughs) trevor mccula this has been wonderful thank you very much for taking us through your fantasy funeral thank you My Fantasy Funeral is brought to you by We Own This Town. Full versions of the songs chosen today can be heard on our Spotify playlist. Find out more at myfantasyfuneral.show. I'm Ryan Briegel. Thank you for listening. (laughs) ¶¶